Kim, Julie here, your podcast producer, welcoming you back to the 70th episode of Beyond the Walls with Teen World Vision. You guys, I cannot believe it that we've done 70 episodes. And before we get started, I do want to thank all of you who have been faithful listeners to this podcast. You know, this podcast started out as something that kept us moving and feeling connected during the pandemic. And now it's turned into something that's kind of a staple in our ministry. And we really have all of you to thank for that. So thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And thank you all for the kind words of encouragement and just being awesome. And we really couldn't do any of this without our team. Now, if you've been listening for a while, you've probably heard us talk about what some of us in the running community call bonking. Now, hopefully you haven't experienced this yet, but if you have, well, you know, welcome to the club. In the dog days of summer, like it is now, hitting that wall or bonking, as we call it, happens to the best of us, and actually happens to all of us. We also know that the summertime can get super busy, and if you're like me, maybe life just gets in the way a bit and you miss a run or two, or maybe even more. And you know what, that's okay, don't worry, we have catch-up plans just for that, as well as some other awesome resources on your Team World Vision dashboard, and those weekly emails, so don't forget to check those out. That being said, we have an awesome episode for you today. Some of you may know the name Wampa. And if you do, well, you have a good idea what's in store. Wampa Martinez is a longtime Team World Vision family member. He was actually one of the first hires of Team World Vision over a decade ago, empowering and equipping folks like all of us to paint the streets of our cities orange. He's also a pastor, an Iron Man, and basically a legend among just a few things. Now, we are not saying that lightly, but even better, Wampa is settling into a new role where he's leading out the Invitationals team. So enjoy this great conversation as Lindsay reintroduces our friend Wampa in this new chapter and how you might even have a part to play in that. Wampa, it is such a pleasure to have you be on the walls with Team World Vision. How are you today? I'm doing good, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, man. You are you are kind of a beyond all things in my mind, Wampa. Like when I first heard of you, friends, that's right. If you're moving your feet right now, I heard of Wampa before I knew him. That's the kind of guy we're talking to right now. He's like the spirit of Wampa. He had been on staff for a long time. He was setting culture tone and cues and fundraising and crazy adventure benchmarks. And then all of a sudden he reappeared in the flesh on staff again, just a few years ago. So this is who we're talking to today, guys. This is it right here. So Wampa, can you go back um, for us a little bit? I just gave you this like crazy intro. Can you go back to when you when did you start with Team Revision? Like how did you come in contact with this crazy orange family yeah oh a trip uh to memory lane so good so i i was pastoring a local church in long island new york in a town called hicksville hicksville new york and my friend uh, invited me to attend a world vision event in his uh, local congregation and world vision wasn't new to me i I've known of World Vision since I was a little kid living in Colombia. And I remember seeing these trucks coming and helping people in, in the slums outside of Bogota, the city that I was born and raised. 
anyway, so I went to my friend's church and they had this beautiful experience. They walk you through an experience with headphones telling the story of a child. And at the end of the experience, there was a small table at the end of the hallway with the sign, would you like to run the New York City Marathon? So as a kid, my dad and I in Colombia used to watch the New York City Marathon. And it was like this incredible dream that I had. So I put my name down and long and behold, two days later, I get a call from the New York Team World Vision person, uh, Kirsten Stearns, Mm -hmm. saying, hey, we got your name. We have a spot if you're willing to fundraise some money. And that's 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 the genesis of my journey with Team World Vision as a runner. So good. So then fast forward. Did you run? the New York marathon? Had you ever run a marathon prior to that? No, never. That was a wild dream. As a matter of fact, I was 27 years old at the time, uh, newlywed, had just started pastoring a church. I was so out of shape. And um, the birth of my first daughter was really what triggered the thought in the back of my mind. I want to live a healthy, long life for my girl. So I need to get back in shape. So um did a 6k my wife told me i think you need to do like a 10k did a 10k and then went to a local half marathon and then i did the jump to the new york city marathon with team world vision that's awesome caught the bug just had to keep going yeah no i appreciate just the honesty in that too like when life's in a swirl and early marriage early ministry early fatherhood all of those things um really choosing to take care of yourself wampa um can be a hard choice. So hats off to you in that process. Yeah, thank you. I, I look back now that the marathon was I, I signed up to do the 2009 New York City Marathon, I got injured a month out from the race. So the next year I came back, um, sign up to do the race. And as a matter of fact, there is a lot that happened in that year, because that's how I landed a job with Team World Vision. Um, Heyo. Yeah, I was cu- finishing my assignment at the local church. I really didn't have something to do after, but in our hearts, my wife and I knew that our time was done. And literally the day that we announced it to the congregation, I received an email from a friend saying, hey, you know, they're hiring, right? And I had no idea. Anyway, after a few phone calls and sending an email, I'm meeting with Michael Chitwood himself and Kirsten Stearns uh, at office at the World Vision uh, office in downtown New York City. And I believe I was the last person they were interviewing. And something very unique happened that I think people need to hear. Uh, I've never interviewed in my life for a job. (laughs) I actually never wrote a resume up to this point. But what really got my attention was that uh, Michael asked me if it was possible the next morning to have breakfast. And if it was possible, he wanted to meet my wife. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was very unique. In our conversation, uh, we really didn't talk much about work, but he was genuinely interested about my wife, my marriage, our life. And, and that really made an impact that, okay, wait a second, this is more than a job. This is family. Mm-hmm. This is people that are going to be looking for myself as an individual. And uh, yeah, I, I'll never forget that interview. And of course, I, I landed the job. <laughs> Ayo, yes, yes. 
So, and like I told you guys, uh, literally the wampa, when I came on to staff, when you go into a church on a Sunday morning, you're going to invite, you know, all of us that we don't know any better, right? We show up to church and we leave signed up for a marathon. You got to wear a jersey, you know, so you got the orange so everybody can see you. But if you're going to look classy, you've got a button down and you put the jersey over the button down and then you're doing the wampa. You're like classy, but cool. You've got your team row vision orange, but you're looking reverent. <laughs> That's how I was taught, at least. <laughs> yeah, the Juanpa look. I remember that. Uh, you know, as a as a Team World Vision area director, you go to all kinds of churches, and there was a few churches that you needed to dress up just to honor the culture. And I remember just feeling so out of place, not because I was ashamed of my Team World Vision jersey. I wear Team World Vision gear all day long, um, but I wanted to dress up. So I had this thought: like, what if I dressed up, but I throw it on top, and I actually liked it, felt really comfortable. And then some of my teammates began to do it. So I didn't find out about the title of uh, the fashion uh, after like seven years when people were saying, you're Juanpa, you're famous because of the Juanpa. It was, it was quite humbling. <laughs> well, and that, I mean, that's just one of the many things that's just like seeped into our culture as we've gone. So, um, so right now we've got some new folks that are running with us, Juanpa, and you have run many races. So like guys, like we just heard, you know, Wampa has run some marathons, half marathons, 10 Ks. He's also done some ultras, some big dogs, some crazy things that would maybe just blow your mind right now. And you might literally stop while you're running and be like, what are you kidding me? Because people do these things and then it should make you feel better that you're only running. So ever far you're, you're running today. No, I'm just kidding. Every race is their own. So, but Wampa, what is one of the craziest things that you've you've done as far as a, a physical challenge or something you've done for clean water keep us keep us engaged as we're moving our feet right now we're moving yeah. from oh i've done i've done several several crazy things that looking in retrospect um yeah um i will say the one that comes to mind uh was a, a race that came on my radar while i was living in alaska mm. We lived there for nine years, uh, pastoring a multi-site church and never left my passion for Team World Vision. Even from a distance, I fundraised and participated as much as I could. But I had done an Ironman and that was another dream of mine. I did Lake Placid um, in 2013. And I decided that I was going to back off from all these big events uh, just to focus on my wife, my three girls and a race came on my radar called the Alaska Man, which was basically, if you think of an Ironman on steroids, it was longer, uh, difficult. It was in the last frontier. Uh, the swim happened on the open water in Resurrection Bay in Seward, Alaska, which is basically the place where uh, lovely killer whales and sharks and giant whales come to mate during the summer, and then they head out to Hawaii. So you're supposed to swim there almost three miles and then you bike a hundred and almost 130 miles from Seward, Alaska to a ski resort. And then you did a, actually longer than a marathon, almost, almost 30 miles, uh, going up and down a mountain multiple times in Alaska. Oh Alaska. So I was turning 40 years old. And I remember talking to my wife that I wanted to do something meaningful, that I just feel so privileged to be in this nation, 
to be working, um, you know, to serve the Lord, to have my family. I just, I'm just a blessed man. I really am. That mm-hmm. I wanted to look in retrospect and look that uh, every decade, something, something, something challenged me. So mm-hmm. we thought, hey, we should fundraise $40,000 for clean water projects. And the most I ever fundraised was about 18,000 at the time. So we said, let's go for it. And literally, even a couple of days before the race, we had blown the number out of the water just by the generosity of people. It was amazing how the word spread out. So we raised uh, the goal and we went, well, we should do $50,000. And then we passed that one as well. So that race is memorable because it taught me a lot of lessons on endurance, on doing crazy stuff. I survived the swim with the, with the whales and, and, and the... And the uh, the lovely uh, free willy kind of animals underwater. But more than that, the impact is long-term. And uh, it only gave me a vision that my impossibles are not impossibles to God. Mm-hmm. And that as we step and we lace up our shoes and we face fear, whether it is with your first half marathon or a marathon or Ironman, that the Lord will walk us through that. And then he will give us the ability to go farther and go farther together. So uh, that race um, made an incredible impact in my life. And then there's been a, more crazy stuff after, but that one will always be special. Wow. And I'm sure like just so many questions people are going to want to know about, like, how do you even train for something like that? How do you, I mean, <laughs> swimming near killer whales, that would keep you moving. That's for sure. I would like <laughs> That's <to> right. <laughs> <laughs> that'll keep you moving. That'll keep you going. Yeah. Oh my word. So many questions that we could take with that. I guess though, I mean, along with the fun stories and things like you're saying, what were, I mean, going after a $40,000 goal, that's no joke. And you know, and folks right now, we've got folks that, you know, are brand new to fundraising. Right. And, and, and you all, if you're moving, moving right now and you're like, Oh, I only have a $2,000 goal. You have a goal to change lives and you need to divide by 50. And that's how many people you are serving right now. That's how many people you are moving for. So you need to take that seriously and don't ever, like there's never the word just with Team More Vision. Oh, I'm just doing a half marathon or I'm just raising this much money. No, you're doing what God called you to do. So own it, lean into it. And if your goal doesn't make you nervous right now, Wampa and I are going to tell you, right Wampa? If your goal doesn't make you nervous, what do you need to do? You need to raise it up. Get it. Raise it up. Yeah, absolutely. Raise it up. I, I remember when I began this journey of fundraising, uh, often, and, and you probably heard this because it's culture among our staff, but often the good things that the Lord has for us are on the other side of fear. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we need to step into that place of dependency on the Lord. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean listen, uh, we give our, our eternity to our Lord. We, we, we trust him with our eternity, um, a dollar amount, whether it is 2,000, 10,000, 40,000. I've heard of people like reaching for 50,000 and beyond. Uh, we need to grow our faith that we can trust him. And when it's for a good cause, I've been surprised how people, strangers, they jump on this train because there is a need and and they want to help. People want to help. So yeah, see, I, I'm with you. Uh, I encourage anybody who's fundraising right now, if your goal doesn't bring you to a place of, can I do this? I will encourage you to raise it. Shoot for the stars. 
Yep. Because yep. even if you land in the moon, that's a long way from here. And wherever that is, you own it, right? Because again, you know, maybe you could be called to any type of goal right now, whether that's a physical challenge or fundraising challenge. So just, you got to own the goal that you've got. And if you're not feeling like you, you've got one, then pray about it. Because if you're listening to us right now and you're moving right now, whether you're you're running, you're walking, you're hand cycling, you know, whatever you're doing right now, God's called you into something. So just keep on leaning into that. And I would invite you even to, to ask your teammates to pray with you and for you, for that vision of what that looks like and who needs to be invited in with you along the way. Because like you said, Wampa, I think the thing about this ministry that just continues to wreck me is how relational it is. Like we think, oh, well, I'm, I'm running and it's my goal and it's my physical challenge. And we just, you know, but no, it's like, there's always someone there to encourage you in your training. There's always someone there to encourage you in your fundraising. And there are always people there that surprise you. Like just, I mean, with generosity and love and support. And so along your way through, I mean, through your years of doing this, do you have some, some quick tips, like some hot hits that keep, that have kept you going or that can keep people going training or fundraising? you know, like, cause there are valleys and peaks with both. So. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I, I, there's a few buckets. I'll talk first about training. <laughs> um, once I started doing all these marathons and realized that my body could handle them and they were hard. Each marathon has been hard, mm-hmm. but once I, 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 I put together, uh, and, and, this the intersection of something that I enjoy being out there on my own, just training, being healthy, plus adding our brothers and sisters that need help and doing it in Jesus' name. Uh, something beautiful happened where it feels like as long as the Lord gives me the strength, I'm gonna keep pushing. Mm. Um, the, the other part is I, I couldn't do this without the support and the help of my wife. Um, <laughs> she's actually the one that comes with some of these random races and she signs me up for them. <laughs> so, so this has become like a family. This is our family affair. You know, she looks for crazy stuff and she's done some of her own as well. Uh, so in regards of training, I just recognize I've learned over time that it's incredible what the body can do. If you put work your body, it's incredible what it can do. I think that our culture, ourselves, have limited what the body can do because of all the affluence that we have. And we have vehicles and transportation and public transportation. But we were created to walk and walk long distances and move our feet. Mm-hmm. So it's been amazing how I got into the ultra world doing comrades in 20, I think it was 20. 18 and then starting to do 100 milers and I have all these dreams that I want to continue to pursue but in regards of training my advice is you show up today and do what you are supposed to do today Mm, and that's all you can do and then Mm -hmm. tomorrow you show up and do what you can do tomorrow and then it's the consistency of the small things that eventually creates results. And often we dream on the finish line and I I do that, I visualize myself. And often I have these emotional moments of thinking of crossing the finish line, but it's been the consistency of the journey and the the faithfulness in the little things, the three miler, the six miler, you know, uh, over time, it just gives results. 
Y'all, you might actually hear me typing, which Julie, our podcast producer, is probably like, stop typing because we don't want to cover up Wampa's amazing voice. But yes, I am typing notes right now because there's a couple things I just want to reiterate with that, whether training or fundraising, then Wampa, you can hit us with another nugget. My impossibles are not impossible for God. That's one thing we've already heard today. And like you're saying, you said you just said a minute ago, something along the lines of if we trust God with our eternity, how can we not trust him with our fundraising or our everyday, these smaller things? And then just that last one of, it's about the consistency of the small things that bring results. I just think that that's so good. Even speaking to me, my soul right now, Wampa, you know, I've got a three-year-old. It's hard some days just to get out the door, to keep going. And again, just like, sometimes you just, you get caught up in the big things. And sometimes, like you said, it's just the small steps. It's the small things, get out the door, do what you need to do today. And that's gonna get you closer to where you wanna be tomorrow. In regards to fundraising, um, you know, I've, 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 I'm learning still. I don't, I don't have, a, I don't have it all figured out. I'm learning, and 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 one thing that I've noticed is that the Lord has given each of us a platform of influence over people. Mm-hmm. And I'm not speaking just platform. If you're a minister or if you have access to a lot of people at your workplace or, or you're a public figure or you have a lot of followers, no, all of us have influence over people. And mm-hmm. really what has fueled this desire to stay faithful and stay in the game is that I've seen God's faithfulness. Mm-hmm. You know, the little bit that we have, if we put it in God's hands, he can make much. And we, we read a lot of stories in the New Testament of incredible miracles. And now we look back, it's like, it's incredible. But like the story of the fish and bread and multiplication, that's a story that I see again and again in our lives. So I want to encourage people, you set a goal that makes you nervous. You go after it, you own it and start looking at the people that the Lord has put around you, your family, your loved ones, your good friends. Soon enough, you'll realize that momentum can it starts to build up and people that you never expect may come alongside to support you. Mm-hmm. I have my mentor, uh, the person that invited me to uh, become lead a pastor the first time uh, he, he was out of his mind. Like I, I had no experience, newlywed. I mean, so many things that I should have said no, but he believed in me. He saw something in me years later, like 10 years on the road, we were having lunch. I remember. And he asked me, you know, I don't know many people who do what you do, signing up to run marathons. And I live through you. Mm. And it is my pleasure to support you financially. You don't know how many people are looking at you saying, I wish I was that person. Mm. You want to come alongside and you'll become an instrument of inspiration for people that one day are going to lace up their shoes and one day are going to support financially and do their own fundraising. So don't count yourself out. Whatever you find yourself, know that you have been called, you are chosen, you're moving forward, you're changing the world. Oh, so good. 
man. So good. And when you said that too, like, Lord, let me be an instrument of thy peace, right? Like you just, mm-hmm. like, I'm hearing that prayer in, in my heart and, but Lord, let me be an instrument of thine inspiration. Like, may we be a people that inspire people, you know, to live towards and for Jesus and for the kingdom. And I mean, for folks that you might be moving right now and you might not be close to God, or you might not believe in God, or you might not so much even think what you know or believe you have a space here, friends, like it's all good. We love you. And we want you here on this team and, and we're here for it. Um, but we do believe in this big God that does inspire and stir in us to do great things. And like you're saying, Wampa, when we, we watch other people do it, it can inspire or spark in us. The fact that we were created to do great things too. Mm-hmm. And, and how many of us like let those small voices of fear or insecurity or other people's negativity squelch that truth in our lives. You know, we can't, we can't, we got to lean into it. We got to, yeah, be a part of that fresh wind. That's so good. Mm. So good. So, um, as far as we were just talking fundraising, we're talking training. Um, I'd love to talk to you, you know, you've seen our, our work around the world. Um, you know, in our partner communities where literally we're, we're watching folks grab a hold of their own inspired thought and vision of the future for their communities and their families. And, you know, World Vision comes alongside and facilitates that vision, supports it, trains and equips. Um, you know, Wampa, you, did, you were with World Vision. Like you said, you, you took on a, a journey to full-time ministry in Alaska for a while, and you found yourself back here and World Vision's always been a part of that ministry. But what is it about the work that World Vision does that keeps you going, that, that keeps you committed and in this? You know, I've, I've been in the field a few times. And when I say the field, I mean the countries that we fundraise money for. So in 2013, I had the incredible honor to go to Rwanda run the Rwanda Marathon, and then meet one of my and my wife's sponsored girls. And that changed my life. Mm. I mean, I, I, I cannot stress enough through the waves, this audio waves, how impactful that trip was. I had a chance to see it with the family of my sponsored girl, had a meal. And then the next morning, they invited me to come to their home. And I went and the dad was late. He wasn't present for whatever reason. So I could tell there was a little of anxiety going on. Eventually, he showed up covering mud from head to toes. And he exchanged a few words with the liaison, the World Vision liaison that was also a translator. And he basically told me he, he's deeply sorry that he was here. He just returned it from burying his elderly father. Oh my and it, it was one of those moments that you, you, nothing prepares you for it. So I, I just felt that I needed to ask a question. I said, how old was your dad? And he said, my dad was so old. He was 55 years old. That exchange there completely uh, created a space in my heart to ask the question, what else can I do? to help my brothers and sisters that are in need. Because I grew up in Colombia and Colombia is a developing nation. And then I was privileged enough, I won the biggest lottery ticket anybody can win in the world as a a stamp on your passport to come to the US when I was 16. So I experienced poverty, nothing 
compared to what I saw that day. And then I've experienced <laughs> uh, everything here in the US, just the blessing, the abundance. And I feel that I need, it's my commitment to continue to help those because I've been giving so much that I must give. Mm -hmm. So that trip changed my life. Then in 2019, when I went to uh, South Africa to run Comrades with uh, World Vision, and we didn't do a, a fundraising campaign, we did a sponsorship campaign. I think we got close to 71 kids sponsor. My wife joined me on the trip and my oldest daughter. At the time, she was 11. Oh. And I had this picture of her playing with one sponsor girl deep in Ethiopia in the middle of nowhere and and I, ha I had this sense that I was in the middle of this global community there was my girl that was born in the U.S. myself born in Colombia a lot of kids from Ethiopia we have a colleague that was born in and I believe in um, uh, in Asia uh, and, and I just experienced all these people that at some point we couldn't communicate in the same language, just having fun, sharing a meal, talking about our lives and the goodness of the Lord in our lives. Mm -hmm. And I had this epiphany of what perfection looks like. So those trips have changed my life. All right. To, to lighten it back up, drum roll, please. Wampa Martinez, what do you think? This is a big one. This is controversial. You could make some friends and some enemies, some frenemies with this answer. What do you think is a race that if you, you have to run in an orange jersey? You can cheat and maybe say a couple, make a lot of people happy. <laughs> yeah. Every event I've done. Well, let me put it this way. Every race that I've done with Team World Vision, it stands alone for very unique reasons. But we have a whole thing that we call DYI that is not even races we have. Yeah. And I know there's people listening right now, like you are probably running or working, you're listening right now, and you've heard of these crazy adventures or things that you dream. It's like, well, World Vision doesn't partner with them. Uh, I want you to stop right there. I've done several of them. They're not races that World Vision puts together, but it's a DYI and I go in and they provide, we help with the resources, train, I mean, you name it, it's, it's there. So I will say if there is one race <laughs> that I will encourage people to do is the race that scares you the most. Yes, that is an epic answer. That is amazing. Oh, and people are probably shaking their heads right now with their fist in their in the air, waving it. Ah, Lampa. Yes. Do the race that scares you the most and then open up a fundraising page on our do it yourself DIY team. Yes. And the amazing Ann Weirich will call you yes. and help coach you up and check in. And again, we've got folks on our, our staff. I mean, Anne is a, is a certified running coach and a registered nurse. We have a registered dietitian, Ruth, on our team right now, mm -hmm. part-time. Um, we also, Josh Bly, oh my gosh, is like personal trainer extraordinaire. We have some legit folks on our team that want to come around and support our folks holistically. We also have connections to great um, physical therapists around the country and different places. So like you said, yes, go after the big thing, that big hairy audacious goal that scares you and um you know you've got to go after it 
but we would love to support you in the process and, and make it meaningful, right? Not just doing it for yourself, but always trying to do it for more. That's good. Yeah, my, my last one that I, that I did, it's this crazy race. It just happened a month ago. It's called the Florida, the Keys 100. You basically run in Florida the, from Key Largo to Key West. It's awful temperature, awful humidity. But I had that race on my radar for several years. So uh, that was the race that this year I was going to go after. Unfortunately, it didn't pan out how I expected it. I had to bail out at mile 70, not because of the lack of energy. I, I had so much in the tank, but my feet was shred uh, mm -hmm. with blisters. Yet when I finished the race and I personally made the call to step out because I said, I want to keep doing this for a long time. It's my feet. I just cannot move one step farther. Um, in all honesty, I lay down outside of the car in like 90 degree weather at two in the morning. And as I was falling asleep, um, I remember looking up on the sky, all the stars were there. There was a nice breeze. I was literally on the parking lot right next to the ocean in one of the islands uh, getting close to Key West. And my heart was full. Uh, we fundraised some money. We're changing people's lives. And mm -hmm. I learned a lot of lessons. And I'll go at it again the next time that I can. So. Even, even in moments of defeat, I, I just want to say to people, what we feel as defeat mm -hmm. um, often is not because we're putting ourselves out there and, mm -hmm. and not everybody's doing that. And just by the sheer fact of saying yes and signing up and creating a fundraising page and setting up a crazy goal, you are doing something. You're getting that thing moving and goodness is going to come out of it. So I encourage everybody listening to keep taking the next step and then the next step and then the next step. Amen. And praise be to God. It is. It's one of those things that, I don't know, guys, did you just hear him say that? Like he did not cross the finish line that he wanted to cross yet. You can lay your head down and know that you've done what you can and that God's used it, you know, and it's, yeah, I think it's Ty Eckert that, really planted deep into our culture a handful of years ago that, you know, finish lines look a lot more like kids dropping jerry cans mm. than flashbulbs and at finish lines, right? Like, what are we really doing here? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That, that is, that is real transformation taking place there. Mm. Yeah. All right. Wampa, one more for you here. One more for you. Recovery. All right. We got a lot of new folks out there that are running. And again, it's like, Ooh, am I sore or am I hurt? And, you know, a lot of times we've got to think about nutrition, you know, before, after, during runs, things like that, but how do we recover? Well, um, any thoughts on that? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, obviously depending on the race, race and the distance, there's, there's things that, are that the will change, but I think the consistent philosophy that I have and that I have developed not by, by trial and error learning, like again, signing up to do my first New York city marathon, getting injured. I'll tell you the reason I got injured is because I was supposed to only do 20 miles. And I thought, well, if I do 22 miles and I learned my lesson that the body needs to 
needs to rest. You you need you need to give the body rest. You, you we're not invincible. So all that to say, rest is as crucial as training. Mm. Recovery it's a, a, as important as as doing your long run or mm. logging your fastest mile or mm. feeling like oh nothing happened. I just feel so good. Um, our culture doesn't celebrate. Uh, it doesn't celebrate rest well. We we are a culture that move fast, are always looking for the next thing, uh, fast pace. But, and again, I mean, I, I just share this because it's, it's my faith. Uh, early in the pages of a scripture, I read in Genesis that even for all of us who believe that God created the heavens and the earth, he took one day and rested. Mm. And I think building these rhythms in our training life where we, do the training, but also we allow our body to recover. Whatever that looks like, one day or two days, or back down the mileage, slow down. It is so crucial. Uh, as I get older, next week I'm I'm gonna be turning 45 years old. It's cr- it's crazy to think that, and my daughters remind me of it. Um, <laughs> it's funny. For the first time last week, I took my girls to eat ice cream, and the person helping me at the ice cream store asked me. Uh, grandpa or dad? <laughs> oh, it was like the first time that I realized I, I, I'm getting old here. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what I brought that up, but uh, oh, oh, so you know, oh. Friends, you can't see him right now. Wumpa maybe has a little bit of gray in a lot of gray. A lot of gray. There's, there's some gray involved, but you look incredibly young and youthful. My oh, friend. thank I don't you. Know what they were thinking. Thank you so much. Well, I remember where I was going with this. As I get older, I recognize how much more crucial rest and recovery is. Mm -hmm. My body doesn't bounce as quick as it used to. But at the same time, the muscle memory that I've created over the years, the last decade, just continuously to do these things. It's amazing how the body has conditioned to it. Mm -hmm. So you know, aging is not a bad thing. You just have to be aware that things mm-hmm. that you did in your 20s cannot probably do in your 30s and 40s and so on. But I'm continue as long as I have the strength, I want to keep moving. Absolutely. And do it in a healthy way for sure. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And friends, listen to that healthy way. Take good care of yourselves so you can keep going. And faster is not always better you know, and friends, we have a lot of walkers on this team, a lot of one foot in front of the others. Again, we've got hand cyclers. We got some speedy McGee's out there too. And I mean, for all of us to know, just remember the metal is the same, no matter how fast <laughs> you, you caught, you, you cover that course. So, um, and I mean, yeah, it, there's, it's always like you were saying, like every season has a different story. Every race has a different story. And ultimately race day is just a day. And we hope that it is a beautiful day and that it is a wonderful day for you. I also quietly pray Wampa and people don't appreciate this, but it's all from a good place that everybody has a hard mile Hmm. on race day, you know, and I do hope that they recover from that mile and bounce back fairly quickly and they can keep going and whatnot, but that we have those moments that really break us to remind us, you know, that we are doing this to relieve the suffering of others and that God is using this for something more than ourselves. So it's my little quiet prayer that not everybody always appreciates, but it's a good thing. It's a, I pray it's a good thing. So, um, all right. Any final words for us today? Wampa is hopefully people are around in the corner and maybe 
finishing their, their, uh, their training run today or walk? Well, Lindsay, I, I, I want to say thank you to you. You have led this team for the last few years with such a passion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been obvious. And just like you heard about this Juanpa when you came on a staff and I wasn't around and then I came, I want you to know from a distance, I also heard about the legend LDR, Lindsay. And what an honor it is for me to just have this conversation and then come alongside about you, the, fa- the Team World Vision family, and just continue to move forward to tackle poverty worldwide. We have, it is within our life, we have the capacity to eradicate uh, extreme poverty. And we could be that generation that look back wow. in our future generations for however long it takes to look back and say, this generation did it. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the kind of goals that are worth being ner- nervous for and and, and signing up to do crazy stuff because we can eradicate poverty. So Woo! I want to say thank you for your time and everybody who's listening to these, uh, th- there is like over 60 of these episodes. So I will go back to the archives and listen because they build upon and they are so good. And Lindsay, thank you so much for having me. Oh man, it's a pleasure. Yeah. Now I'm ready to go send out some emails and make some phone calls. We're eradicating, we're going to eradicate poverty, y'all. Like, that's what it's about. Oh, I got goosebumps. Oh, yeah. Guys, have a great run. Have a great day, Wampa. You're the best. Thank you so much. You too. We really hoped you enjoyed this episode, everyone. We also hope that perhaps Wampa planted some seeds of interest in what God might have in store for you in the months and years to come. So don't forget to hydrate, keep that fundraising momentum going, and most importantly, take care of yourself during those long months of training. We believe in you and we're in your corner. As always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share the podcast with your friends and teammates. And we'll catch you next time on Beyond the Walls.